Trends in technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we'll be speaking with Jack Miller, who is the CEO and president of Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, which is the first school in the nation to have accredited cannabis certificate aimed at educating healthcare professionals. Jack, welcome today. How are you? Doing well, Ellis. Thank you for inviting me. You bet. So this is an exciting topic for me to explore with you as you are the first school in America to have an accredited, accredited cannabis certificate. Before we dive into that, if you would, give me a little background on what the school's foundation is for education and what you guys have been aiming to do before you got into the cannabis side here as well. Sure. Well, Pacific College was founded in 1986, so we've been around quite a while. Our original mission was to train licensed acupuncturists and massage therapists. We've been doing that continuously since then. However, in recent times, we've expanded our mission to, to expand the influence of Chinese medicine into other fields. And so we've recently started an RN to BSN program that actually was um, quite influential in the cannabis certificate and also a master's of science of health and human performance. And so you can see we're trying to expand our mission a bit so that we can bring the wisdom of Chinese medicine to other professions. Okay. Now, I've been exposed to traditional Chinese medicine, TCM, and been around it quite a bit and understand, um, you know, how that system works a little bit. And we understand that you guys use herbs in a lot of the acupuncture treatments and cannabis could potentially be one of those herbs, but it's not necessarily always um, been available or accessible due to legalities or even the belief in some practitioners. How are you over able to overcome the stigma and really bring cannabis to the forefront of your teaching? Well, I don't think we can take credit for overcoming the stigma of cannabis. Really, I think the research that's been done by other groups showing the efficacy of cannabis in, in many areas has really done the heavy lifting in that regard. Um, our involvement came from uh, the nursing profession, largely, the first profession that I know of that came up with program learning objectives, things that nurses should know about cannabis in a medical environment. And so because we have a nursing program, it was a logical extension for us. Okay. And so with you targeting um, the nursing demographic, let's say in the healthcare field, and we know that in traditional medical school, they're not teaching the, end, the endocannabinoid system. How are we able to bridge the gap with these nurses coming in with this knowledge base and having to maybe um, exchange some, some information to their, their, um, the, the people above them who they have the answer to? Mm -hmm. how, does that, how do we bridge the gap knowing that we're, we're teaching this group of professionals, but there's still another group that may not be as educated? Well, we're at the early days, right? And that's a really good question. We're going to see how that happens. I think that a medical Jack, doctor... Sure if you heard me or if you're on mute. 
Jack, understanding that you guys are focusing on really training nurses to go into the field and utilize their skills, how are you bridging the gap with, let's say, the doctors that may not have been educated on this? We know that um, not all um, uh, medical schools are really teaching the endocannabinoid system. So how do we bridge the gap with this knowledge base coming in from these nurses and maybe uh, the lack of it coming from um, the, the people they're working with above them? Mm -hmm. so it's a good question, Ellis, um, and I think we're at the early days of finding the answer to that. Certainly, the first step is to educate the nurses and other healthcare providers. And in fact, our program is not limited to nurses. While that was the initial inspiration for it, it is open to other healthcare providers. So there are many acupuncturists already in this program since that's one of our main audiences. Um, but certainly, medical doctors would be welcome to come into it. Um, if there's no docs uh, getting this education for a while, I think the nurses will organically bring them on board and through their dialogue will educate them and address any objections the docs might have. Uh, I think that most, uh, most serious medical professionals will treat the subject seriously. I think there's enough research already now indicating efficacy in certain areas to give it some credibility and, and really allow an objective dialogue. So I, I think it's going to be, it'll happen organically and probably very quickly. Well, with that being said, are your classes filling up pretty quickly? Is it a slow adoption, you think, from uh, your peers in the space? How's that, how has the program really evolved since you've started? The problem, the program has been very popular, uh, happy to say. Uh, our classes are essentially filling up and um, we expect them to continue to grow. In fact, we're looking at expanding the curriculum. And um, yeah, so uh, it, there's no problems with enrollments there. And as you, know, as you might expect, right? I mean, you can't really turn on the news today without hearing more and more about cannabis. So I think there's definitely a need to be filled in providing objective, evidence-based, evidence-informed uh, information to healthcare providers, for sure. And, and are you seeing any kind of pushback from your peers or folks that uh, work with you at all? Are you seeing this at all? Or are you seeing it with, with open arms and acceptance? Yeah, happy to report. I haven't had any objections yet. I mean, anything's possible in the future. But I, again, I think that uh, in the popular media, the presentation of the potential health benefits of cannabis have been you know, widely distributed. And so people are more curious than they are critical at this point. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. As, as you're saying, we, we are hearing this, this term used more and more. People are getting conditioned to hearing the word cannabis and they're starting to shape their views. I think even the, this whole CBD emergence has really softened everyone's perspective on it and uh, allowing them having a little more curiosity behind this as an alternative for some, some of the issues they may be trying to treat or deal with, with traditional uh, means from pharmaceutical drugs and these things. So, yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. And I think it's one of the reasons why a program like this is needed in that because there is so much popular information out there in the media not all the fact-based, right? I mean, I mean, now CBDs are present in everything from shampoos to dog food, right? And <laughs> it, I mean, it just, it, it probably won't live up to the hype because the hype is so extreme, yeah. right? But if it even lives up to 
a, a fraction of that potential, I think that it will do a lot of people a lot of good. I think so. I think it's a stepping stone for people to have this wide, wide mainstream acceptance of the plant. And this is kind of that stepping stone for people to get used to it. And so, um, yeah, this is pretty neat to see. So with, with, the, with the curriculum that you have for this accredited um, certificate, what does the courses look like? And what is the time frame to get through the, the course um, and all, all the details that go with it? Yeah, sure. Well, right now it's an eight semester credit program. So that's two, three credit courses and one two credit course. It can be done in two semesters. Uh, it does qualify for financial aid for people that are qualified. Um, the three courses, the first one is the pharmacokinetics, the physiology, the endocannabinoid system, really just understanding the actual biodynamics of, of cannabis, right? And it's, and it's various components. So it's important for, again, serious healthcare providers to really understand that so that as they do more education, they can see why things are working. It's, under, it's important to understand the why, not just the what things do. Sure. And that the next is the actual clinical application of medical cannabis in all its various forms, um, as well as uh, specific products. And then the third is very interesting. It's a two-unit practical uh, project where the healthcare provider will create a proposal for how they would apply cannabis in their particular professional environment, whether that's hospital-based, clinical-based, private practice-based, right? And so that might mean um, actual recommendations for how to prescribe the medicines, or it might mean an educational product, as you were, had just asked about how to educate their fellow colleagues about the medicine. Um, so it can be a broad range based on their interest and the relevance to their particular professional environment. Well, I, uh, I love to see the progressive approach to educating these folks for all these different settings. I know it'll be challenging in some markets for the hospitals to have this as a, an accepted form for uh, to mm -hmm. use as an alternative, but I love to see that you're starting to break down these barriers and preparing these professionals because this will become a reality one day, and we already are seeing some hospitals in the right markets allowing this, so I love right. to see the progressive approach to this. Yeah, and it's very important for there to be an open dialogue between patients and their healthcare providers, right? And so if the patient is inhibited about telling their doctor or their nurse practitioner or their acupuncturist that they're using these substances, then complications can occur, right? You, there, it may be contraindicated in some cases, depending on the medications that they're on. So it's really important to have, you know, openness. And the more education that we provide for practitioners on how to talk to their patients and how to make sure that the practitioner themselves aren't um, engendering some sort of bias that would inhibit the patient from disclosing what they're using, whether that be medically, right, um, CBD products or recreational marijuana as well, right? So um, it's, and, and that, that goes for many, many subjects in, uh, in medicine. It's important that we educate doctors and nurses to ask whether someone's taking Chinese herbs, right? Because again, those can have um, 
complications based on uh, pharmaceutical drugs that the uh, patient might be taking. So it's really important to have that open dialogue about anything a patient is doing. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue speaking with Jack Miller, the CEO and president of Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Yo, 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 this your boy TJ, Trinidad James. You listen to Dr. Bina on Cannabis Confidential. L.A., what up? People were so excited to see you supporting our industry, and it's so important to see people who are mainstream, who are out there, that people look up to. That was my first one ever going to, so that was definitely a big deal for me. It's not just, oh man, just come smoke a bunch of joints. It's a lot of science into it. It's way more interesting than a lot of people might think who look down, per se, on what we enjoy. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, Jack. I appreciate you um, explaining this patient-doctor relationship and how important it is for the patient to be able to openly communicate uh, to their healthcare provider exactly if they are using the plant recreationally, if they're using it to uh, alleviate um, certain ailments, um, or even like you're saying, just even using some traditional Chinese herbs, that we've got to be able to bridge that gap. I know from my personal experiences, um, using TCM in the past and being very open about my cannabis use, um, it, it, was, it was not well accepted. And this was probably 15 years ago. And it, it wasn't openly discussed and it was, was frowned upon. And I, I don't want to say it discouraged me, but uh, it, it made me take a different course of, of my treatment of what I was dealing with at the time. And I'm glad to see that, you know, like you're saying, it's important that we do bridge this gap. We've got to be able to communicate openly and not be ashamed about what we're doing and hopefully having that education on both sides so that the, that the person who's treating the ailment has a good toolbox of, of, of tools to treat with 
And so uh, it, it's just super important to see that communication and be open. And I know it's hard in a lot of areas to be able to have that communication because of legalities of the plant, uh, the openness of the practitioners to the, the use of it. And so it's not always that easy and it's, it can be challenging. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, those are really important points. And, and a good practitioner should, while they can have their own opinions and should have their own opinions and, and information about what will lead the patient to better health, they need to start from a position of understanding where the patient is at. In other words, if the patient were perfect, they wouldn't be seeing the practitioner. Right. So they're obviously presenting with some issues, right? And, 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 the, and the practitioner needs to get that information, right? So they can best help someone. So the first thing they start out by saying, oh, I think everybody that smokes marijuana is, is, is horrible, then they're not going to get any more information from that patient. Right? That's right. So they really need to start with an open mind and lead the patient in the direction towards health. Right? And, and in some cases, the use of medical marijuana can be a, a bridge to a, a healthier lifestyle. Right? I mean, it could be better than other substances that the person might be using. And that's the thing. It's there's it, there is a there is a place for it for certain folks. It's not for everybody, but I think at least having the option to explore it and look at it as as a as a relief option, it, it needs to really be understood and just uh, once again be part of that toolbox. Because right now we, I've seen you know we know that the largest demographic coming into the cannabis sector is uh, my parents' age, uh, the baby boomers. And these folks have been fed pharmaceuticals for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're curious, or they've used it in college and want to go back to it because they've heard so many stories now, and it's become more commonplace in terminology they're hearing in the news. And I think those folks are really opening their mind to what I call a holistic approach to healing themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is a big shift we're seeing in, in, in America, I feel, right now, which is great. Yeah, I agree. I just find it very interesting that you're referencing the baby boom generation coming to, you know, being at the forefront of this since <clears throat> really they, they were the ones that started its youth <laughs> in the 60s and 70s. That's it. <laughs> it's coming back full circle, you know, and I'm seeing just so many of my parents' friends and my wife's parents' friends at everyone just coming into it from all angles and they look at me like I'm an expert because I work in the cannabis space. I just yeah. grow the plant. I have no medical training or background in it whatsoever, mm -hmm. but this is who they're going to are the, are the cultivators and the growers. That's yeah. their line of least resistance to get knowledge. And I'm excited to see that now for me, if I get asked these questions, now I have resources like yourself and other professionals we can go to and really bring mm -hmm. a different perspective on it. This is not me that has a, a growing experience. I don't have any professional knowledge, but we are looked at in that light, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, one of our next projects, at least one that we're considering, it's, it's not off the drawing board yet, though, is more education for the bud tenders, for the people in the dispensaries, so that they can have, you know, a comprehensive knowledge of, again, the pharmacokinetics and, and the product itself. 
And maybe you could tell me if you think that that would be useful for the industry. 100%. This is, um, to me, the biggest gap that's missing from the patient experience to the bud tender is the knowledge base. Honestly, most of these dispensaries are hiring folks for 12 to 13 dollars an hour. They're not encouraging or incentivizing them to have a, a knowledge behind what they're selling. Uh, and so really, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a party experience. Oh, I had that on Friday and I had a good time. You should try it too. Oh, yeah. That's not what we're going for because not everybody's coming in to have a, a party experience Some people are looking to just have a little better quality of life yeah. and so we yeah. need to really understand that so we, we i would be excited <laughs> to see when you come out with that uh, as a, a lot of my clients and customers i work with would love to get their hands on these things i think the industry as a whole would really welcome this with open arms just so we can really bring some more credibility to what we're selling and how we can direct mm-hmm. people to get you know relief where they need it yeah good to know i mean because i think to your point, most people will, when they're curious about it, they'll go to a dispensary and they'll expect objective information and, and comprehensive information from the people behind the counter. I don't think most people will be going to their nurse or their acupuncturist no. uh, as a first line. They may talk to their nurse or acupuncturist uh, as an aside to whatever else they're seeing that person for. But I think for a person that's just generally interested in, hey, I've heard cannabis could do this for my digestion or this for my insomnia or my back pain or whatever, they're going to do walk into a dispensary or into a health food store now where they're selling CBDs and they're going to ask the person behind the counter. And uh, those people really need to have as much information as possible. You bet. And, you know, I can say probably... 10 to 15% of the dispensaries are employing folks who have used cannabis to find relief for many different things. And I, I learned quite a bit from a group I worked with in Las Vegas from a lot of their staff. One of their staff members had Crohn's disease mm-hmm. and he really helped me understand what worked for him. And he helped relay that messaging to people coming in for, you know, looking for relief from Crohn's and other things. And so I think for the folks that are lucky to have those employees that come in there with those ailments, they can speak to the relief they've had and it really can open up more doors for the that communication and to help people. I know this is a, an interview and you're typically, you know, the one asking the questions, but I, I do have a question about the potency now of cannabis. Sure. As opposed to say what people were getting in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Um, what I've noticed from you know, having a son and smelling what's coming out of his room um, th- that's not, you know, that's not your father's marijuana. No, it's not. <laughs> and, and, and what the possible, you know, um, ramifications of such intense, you know, such potency. Sure. And this is, uh, you know, this is an industry having to look in the mirror and truly yeah. understand, you know, that, Yes, this is not the stuff that was smoked back in the 60s. We're seeing THC levels above 30% consistently. We're seeing terpene profiles that are just breaking records that to me are exciting. That's my favorite part of the plant. Mm -hmm. But to see these concentrates and to see they're really putting these refined oils together that are 80, 90, 95% pure, yeah, I I think the consumption, and I don't want to say the abuse, but you see this quite a bit with the younger generation, with the dabbing and... um, Mm -hmm that particular experience, you, you see that this can be some danger. This is where we're seeing these vapor cartridges right now kind of come yeah. to come to yeah. light. And I don't know if it's the actual oils. I think it's the technology that's being used to burn mm-hmm. the oil. Yeah. But overall, I think research 
needs to happen. We need to understand what are the impacts of these higher levels of THC, uh, the way we're consuming it as well. What kind of impact does that have on us with the super hot temperatures bringing um, vaporized um, material to our lungs? Mm -hmm. These are all things we've got to look in the mirrors in industry and face head on. And I'm glad you bring this up because a lot of us don't want to address this. And for me, we have to look at it. Yeah, I appreciate your your opinion about that and your attitude. Um, it's one of the things that we're interested in here at Pacific College is, the, is doing more research or having access to more research, encouraging more research. Um, in, in, tra in traditional Chinese medicine, as you probably know, dosage is important and more is not necessarily better, right? And that, that's been kind of a, a Western model of, um, even Western model of, of natural herbal use is to find an herb that has a particular effect and then combine it with a bunch of other herbs that have the same effect, hoping that that'll be even better. Where in Chinese medicine, you'll balance those effects. So while something might be good, say, um, it has antibacterial effects, right? Those are also very not harmful in, in, a, in, a, in a serious way, but they have side effects in your digestion right? Well, in Chinese medicine, we'll add herbs that will soothe the digestion, warm the system so that you won't have those side effects from the antibacterial effects, but you'll still get the, the main effect. And so, you know, more and more uh, THC in something may not be what the doctor ordered. And this is what's exciting for me is to really start to have the true data and information collected and gathered from the research so that we can speak to this correctly and really inform the consumers out there on on what is safe and what can be problematic in future. And so this is what is, you know, we're an industry that's still crawling. We're not even standing upright yet. And mm -hmm. this type of information and arming our industry, what's really is going to help us progress forward and really uh, be more legitimate and really truly understand um, what we're doing. Yeah, you mentioned heat, right? And um, the vaping of, of cannabis. Uh, Dr. Brian Lewenda, who is a board member at Pacific College, um, gave us a presentation about the, about the effect of heat on, on, on cannabis and how at certain temperatures, you'll get a different proportion of THC versus CBD, mm -hmm. right? And these are the kind of things I think that users would benefit from knowing, and I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how uh, widespread information as simple as that is out there in the, in the, in the public. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue speaking with Jack Miller, the CEO and president of Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, Jack, let's touch on that last comment you made about um, just the heat and the inhalation and how these different cannabinoids can be achieved with different temperatures, meaning the THC and CBD levels can vary depending on the heat. And so I, I think it's important to know as, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of young people who are using these, these what they call e-nails, like they heat this thing up to seven, eight, nine hundred degrees. And I know it's got to burn their lungs so bad, but what you're saying is what is it doing to the actual chemical makeup of all these cannabinoids and terpenes and mm-hmm. ratios and how can that affect us? It's, it's such an interesting uh, perspective because I've never looked at it through that lens before. Yeah, and I'd have to refer back to my notes. Again, uh, Dr. Lewenda is expert in that area, but um, my understanding is that at different temperatures, you're getting different proportions of THC and CBD. And so depending on the effect that you want, it might be better to vape at a lower or a higher temperature. Um, now, certainly seven to 900 degrees Fahrenheit sounds like pretty extreme to me. Um, I don't know that you would even want to inhale water vapor right. <laughs> if you could get it that hot. Um, and so, um, but yeah, I, I think, again, it's just an example of we're at the beginning of our knowledge about this plant. Um, it's obviously a very complicated plant. It has a a complex interaction with our own endogenous systems. And there's, you know, a universe of research opportunities. And the more that those are happening, the better. And then as programs like ours train healthcare practitioners to access that literature, right? And that's one of the hallmarks of any professional. And it's a, it's a, a key theme at Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, that is evidence-informed practice. So even though you've been trained as a practitioner, say, just entry level for four years to become an acupuncturist, and then you've been in practice for some years, you always want to be going back to the medical literature because things do evolve in both sides, both on the TCM side and the biomedical side. And a good acupuncturist will use both. The evidence-informed practice is a big theme in, in any area of medicine, and particularly in medical cannabis, which is so, in such a nascent stage of its development 
and and there's so many opportunities. We were, it's a, it's just a rich area to continue research. Well, so super excited to see the continuation of this and where this leads as oh, yeah. um, we're ready for our industry to get standing upright and to be looked at as, as a true industry and not as kind of the, the, um, the left-handed cigarette that we're referred to, I guess, <laughs> you know? So tell me this with, with, uh, this, this course that you're offering with the, um, the cannabis certificate, are you only offering it in your, in California? Are you offering this in your Chicago or your New York based, um, classes as well? Or where, where do we see this kind of evolving for you? Yeah. I mean, it's being offered technically through our San Diego campus, but because it's a hundred percent online, it's, essentially available available globally i love it if you're in paris france and hearing this and you're interested in our program you're eligible if you meet the prerequisites okay with that being said what are those prerequisites i'd love to understand you know for our audience and myself as well what are those prerequisites what do you guys look for and if if it is really geared toward healthcare healthcare professionals do you have something that may be a little more more dumbed down like you mentioned that um you may come out with something for the bud tender so yeah, well, at this point, the program is for healthcare practitioners. Um, and so uh, if you're just a lay person, um, there are probably other, um, other institutions. We're currently discussing joint ventures with Oaksterdam University, who you right. may be familiar with in, in Very, Oakland. Yes. Awesome. Um, and they've got really interesting short courses in a whole variety of topics. And so uh, we're at the early stages of our discussions with them, but it looks promising. And so, uh, yeah, I would just say stay tuned for things that are more oriented towards lay people, because I think it is important, right? Um, like, like any subject, the more you know, the better informed, the, more, the smarter choices you'll make when um, looking at whether you should be using uh, cannabis or not. I agree 100%. And, you know, our audience and myself as well would be super excited to see what you really come out with for the bud tender and that particular part of the industry. As I call us as ground zero, we're kind of that, that first point of contact with the plant for people who have a curiosity behind it. And, you know, we are uh, thirsty for knowledge, or at least I am in the folks we, we work with, as we know that the, the bud tender is that first point of contact. And we know that that is... Um, a lack of information from that component uh, all across the industry from every market. So uh, we're excited to see what you guys come up with that and uh, love to keep in touch to see how we can learn more. Oh yeah, for sure. We're, we're on it. Well, we've got about a minute left here and to wrap this up, any closing comments that you'd like to make that, uh, you know, I could talk to you for hours on this. I didn't get to touch any of the half the questions I have here for you, (laughs) but just any, any kind of closing comments you'd like to make to our audience about, you know, what you guys are doing. Yo, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity and I could talk to you too. And, and I only got to ask you one question. So <laughs> at some point you could, you could be on our podcast and we can awesome. ask you questions. That would great. be great. Um, I would just like to encourage anybody who's interested to contact Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. We're easy to find on the web and um, we'll give you as much information as we can. And uh, as I mentioned, we have programs not only in, in medical cannabis, but health and human performance, which is a super coaching degree. And we have, obviously, our entry-level doctorate of acupuncture in Chinese medicine. And, and, and for anybody who's in our areas, we're in Chicago, 
New York and San Diego, we have a very busy, very affordable clinic um, where you can try Chinese herbs, massage, and acupuncture. So um, look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. We had Jack Miller, CEO and President of Pacific College of Oriental Medicine. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and on iHeartRadio. Jack, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.